0: Give me brackets, Instagram Discord Spike Young sucks bad What? No Q&A? Why do we have to see that- his fucking name in the movie? Patreon Anything by Cassavetes If like the sound is off in a the theater, I-, I go mentally ill Never make a movie And you'll never make it in this business Wes Anderson Wes sucks Sanders. Rogue Hacker This is a film? I was right. obsessed with trash The movie's trash, you know? James Gray sucks but- I don't even make movies Josh Sapke as a filmmaker, he is nothing, a zero. He's a, a pig piece of shit. I always
1: wear this bucket hat when I'm directing. If
0: I give you a credit, it's up to me, and what it says is up to me. Otherwise, don't work in my film.
1: Very creative what you do. Dorito's bags look mad different. M. Night Shalaman. And I don't have no bitches, I'm a podcaster. I'm my fucking line producer trust fund, baby. You are a creative, we get Let it. Let the creative people talk to the money people. Reduced
0: black ratio. Final Cut Pro. I don't I make movies, you. I make films. Gritty New York City. Folies. Steven Soderbergh's song. There's a whole group of guys who pretend to be
1: making special films. We got Ion Pack. We got that uh, Tony Hawk is in the house. podcast. you know what the fuck it is everybody we're back this is the ion pack recording the ion pod hosting the ion pod yeah we're hosting it i'm kj that's curtis you already know (laughs) ion one ion two kj and curtis you already know ion selectuals ion pack rogue packer eugene in a little bit of cold water. Anyway, oh yeah, um, Eugene's in some cold water. <laughs> no, in a little bit of hot water. Um, oh
0: yeah, cold water. What the fuck am I talking about? Yeah, yeah. Eugene is in cold water.
1: Eugene that's is in cold he, water. He's not right? in trouble.
0: He's just yeah. in a cold situation, so he's in cold water. He's in a lake that's frozen
1: over. <laughs> <laughs> he dipped one toe, and the whole fucking thing turned <laughs>
0: to ice. The bull Don Lemon. Now, there's some <laughs> hot water.
1: Yeah, they're so uh, Eugene and Don Lemon couldn't be more opposite of each other. So true. Um, I wanted to start this pod off by uh, reading off, uh, dovetailing on our last conversation about the difference between a packer and had a response that came in from the motherfucking god Patrick Sandberg.
0: The god, big shouts. Yeah, this is this is some true. Just let him let uh, him hear it.
1: Patrick Sandberg decided to cook one night after listening to the pod. <laughs> About the difference between a Packer and head. And because we were bumbling about and legitimately had no idea what we were saying, uh, Patrick decided to uh, to lay down the actual Make difference. it make sense. Yeah, he made it made sense. He went dissertation mode. Here it is. Patrick Sandberg on May 27th at 3.17 p.m. This is out of nowhere. that We were like not having a conversation. <laughs> he just goes... I have an impression of the difference between Packers and Heads, somehow ambiently and perhaps intuitively formed over time. A Packer, to me, is more of a listener, a subscriber, maybe a scenester, maybe a little impressionable. Packers show up at the parties. They might pretend they don't listen to the podcast as much as they do. They act like they happen to like all the same bands you guys do. But they're honestly taking notes and shaping themselves in your image. So true. I think Packers are kind of impressionable. They definitely follow Ion Selectuals and all that online stuff. Heads are already on your same level or even beyond it, either because they're older and more experienced and have been with it before the Ion Pod or because they're like mentally autistic savant weirdos. They actually get the references. They don't have to look shit up from the past that you reference. In another sense, filmmakers who come on might be more heads than Packers new paragraph maybe heads don't even listen to the podcast but they are so with the same shit it doesn't matter Mm. so of course one can be both a packer and a head or a packer and not a head but a head who isn't a packer also yes two ways a head could be fully on the level and not listen or not care about the parties and internet and bullshit but tune in occasionally and fuck with you guys or and this is the crazy one a head and non-packer could be like an obsessive and crazed culture vacuum in the middle of Ohio who happens to have an encyclopedic obsession with everything cool but who is cripplingly antisocial would never show up to an event would never reveal themselves online but who is watching your every move i know these people exist
0: the oh yeah real heads oh th- that's true that's a different level though that's the real heads i've i've talked to a few of the real heads in my the day
1: real heads and then he he ends it by saying i am probably i'm probably a packer and a head which is what my dad is also
0: fuck yeah i've actually had multiple people stop me either at a bar or on the street or just at, in various random places and and bringing this conversation up, saying, "Yo, dude, just want to let you know, I'm a Packer and a head." Or I could, I can't tell which one I am. I, I swear to God, I've had like multiple of these conversations with strangers. It really hit hard in a way I wasn't expecting. But this is the beauty of hosting the Ion, hosting po- the Ion Pod, which we do as the Ion Pack, because you never know what's really gonna what's really gonna stick.
1: Yeah, the thing about like the dude in
0: Ohio is su- that's such a vibe. I know. I, we've we've talked to some heads like that, especially back in the day. But it also is such a vibe. People who pretend they don't listen as much as they do, or pretend they're as they're less aware than they are. That's that's like a huge vibe.
1: I think that's ultimately who the anonymous burner that's been messaging us for years probably is. It's just like a random cultural vacuum in Ohio who would never pull up to any event.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just
1: like that type of internet style bull.
0: Yeah. Which I, you know, that was low-key us in like high school, you know. Oh yeah, we were that in Philly. Like, like I, you know, think about how the fact that we knew about like random internet people on like MySpace that, and and via Facebook later, who, from the kind of like Philly scene, you know what I mean? So we had like, true. yeah, yeah. Um, these yeah, are not insults, sh- by the way. This is this is huge shouts. You, the, you no, guys huge are you guys are who bulls. it's for. Uh, not but, for a, but, but of biggest
1: people. of all shouts to patrick for laying that down yeah. i actually don't know how much of it i absorbed but i appreciate the love <laughs> <laughs> um i was just like I, I i just saw the length of like I, I was like wow he spent more time writing this than i've spent energy i've sp- he spent more energy on those paragraphs than i've spent on anything in probably a decade plus um like he mm-hmm. really took it down it's kind of it's a it's cra- he's a he's a sick writer it's like it's crazy people who just like are about writing like that
0: uh, i know i know i mean dude i've also been following patrick sandberg online for like well over a decade so oh,
1: yeah he's the goat patrick a you goat. know you know we love you yeah <laughs> i wish there was some shit on, like i could disseminate and do a dissertation on about your shit so true we'll get there someday
0: I was the equivalent of a packer for Patrick Sandberg in like two thousand eleven
1: uh, and i'm I'm a lifelong head, of course um I think I really the main thing that's on my brain, and hopefully yours too, for this pod is Sam Levinson's the idol or should I say the weekend's the idol
0: <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i I honestly was not i didn't go in with the highest of expectations Me neither. um because of all the uh, you know, rigmarole around it. But, um, it's insane heat. It gets an insane heat for me. I actually really think a lot of people are also wanting to give it insane heat, but they think they're not supposed to. I can, yeah, there's, I can tell there's, there's a lot of that happening. Like, they they feel like they're kind of uh, missing the point or getting duped by, by liking it. Like, they've become, you know, the kind of uh, just normie consumer that they are so terrified of being, but no, you just embrace it. Like it's, it's really good.
1: Well, I had kind of a different, yeah. Starting with the rating, I had I, the first episode. I'm definitely giving an insane heat. Second episode was definitely heat too, but I think it was just, it was just heat too. Like I, I kind of wanted to wait to review the, the show until we had seen two episodes, because there was a lot of, there was a lot of promise in that first episode that I think will probably get delivered on throughout the season. And I, I still really liked the second episode, but the first episode especially, the first half of it, the like Altman style, like, you know, like the, the his her whole fucking team, like looking at her as she's doing the dance performance from above, and there's all these different angles, just like the choreography of that. It's so uh, sick, and it's incredible.
0: It reminded me of. Well, it's obviously a little like black swan thing going on, but more than that, he's very much doing Lux Eterna. Um and there's kind of a no way feel to the first episode as well. Uh, and but but kind of, you know, obviously slightly less extreme than like an actual Gaspar movie. But I I I actually don't even look at it as like watered down Gaspar. I I see it as like a a cool pop version of it. You know. I definitely felt
1: the the no way shit in the second episode. The first one, I had a weird experience of the first one because the the first half of it felt like really good filmmaking, and then the second half, when the weekend gets introduced, it didn't feel no way as much as it did. Just feel like you know, sort of like edgy, like safty core, like f- like filmic television. Um, and it 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 didn't lose me, but it was I, something about well, the weekend. I don't know. It
0: was so perverted that it act that I was like, this is kind of transcending it. It it actually. You were, it, fuck, it, you were fucking with the like the sheet over the, her head. I don't know if I was fucking with it as much as I was just like, wow, I can't believe he's he's like going for it. Well, I was um, just like, damn,
1: Sam, because I've never even really watched Euphoria, but I'm just like, okay, so this is he he'd be doing this style shit.
0: Yeah, that's. Uh, I actually want to
1: tell a little story about Sam Levinson.
0: I mean, I feel like he was going for kind of a, you know, it, it's just like. It's kind of some eyes wide shut esque, just you know, re- or, or and or even Mulholland Drive esque, just kind of like hyper sensual thing, but with like an S and M twist. Yeah. And I, I I don't know. I've never seen like Twilight and all the kind of mainstream kinky things, but I feel like. Well, it's gorgeous. It's, it's yeah. I feel like he's on, like skirting the line between all these things, and and, and I I know. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool how it was. How perverted it was! I I I really like it. I I actually felt very refreshed by it, because um, I do think it's genuinely some weirdo shit, which is uh, something I haven't seen get popular in a while, and that's kind of my bread and butter. And I I don't just mean sexually, but any anything that feels genuinely weirdo. And I will say another thing: a lot of people are complaining about the weekend's acting. And that was my initial response too, because first of all, I think Lily Rose is great. No, I
1: think that I think above above Sam, above the weekend, I, you know, the big shouts need to go to
0: to Lily. Yeah, I mean she's awesome in it, but I I don't know. I I still am holding out because the thing with the weekend's kind of clunky acting is that is kind of what his character is. He's being this kind of you know seedy sleazeball cult leader. You know, club brat guy who's trying to who's trying to act like a sexy guy just so he can get in and start to control her. So the clunkiness could be part of the character. If I'm being generous here, it, no, it very it prob- much. It you know what I'm does, saying? Yeah. It, it works for the character. He's not He's not actually supposed to be the suave, smooth guy. He's a very calculated guy who's putting on the show of being suave to a, a really vulnerable girl who's in a bad state. No, I have no, I have
1: no problem with the character, and I think most people are reacting negatively to him just because he's an unlikable character, which is not a
0: reason to. No, true, 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 but but a lot of the negative stuff is saying the acting is clunky. I'm saying it might actually be very good acting because he is playing a character who's acting clunkily. You know.
1: Yeah. I, I don't I think he's a pretty bad actor but um I know what you're saying I'm, i I'm just I, holding out because I that could, it I, just i do think it works the awkward I'm, acting. I'm, i don't know if I'm holding out well. for 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 abel's uh acting chops to to shine through but i i i like the positivity um why not uh, just because he sucks i don't i don't fuck with him at all um
0: i mean I'm not a fan but I also Th- I, just, I, <laughs> I mean, started uh, laughing.
1: I started laughing so hard at the in the beginning of the uh, the first episode, the end credits, It's like it, the m- music by the Weekend, Mike Dean, and Sam Levinson. I was like, oh yeah, Sam, Sam did the did all the yeah, stuff. Yeah, well,
0: that's like David Lynch does that too. It's just like classic. When director like like director yeah, he yeah, he yeah, made exactly. the, yeah he
1: made the music with Mike Dean. No, but um, until
0: until something happens in the plot where the Weekend's character is kind of. Uh, his kind of true nature is shining through and he's getting confronted and stuff. I know it's cool. taking, I'm taking this acting at face value. I'm taking it as part of the character and I'm not going to make a judgment on his acting until the character gets a little more developed
1: Yeah First episode, insane heat. Second episode, heat for me. But the main thing is just that, like, it's scratching like an entertainment itch for me that like is long overdue. This is like it's scratching, it's scratching like a like an elevated entourage itch of just like Mm -hmm. the entertainment business fiction. It's like it's so fucking fire. Like, yeah,
0: I I love the mood of it. I like I love the darkness. People love this kind. Like, you know, there's there is one element of. Film and TV, there's entertainment, which is the, the plot and the, the tempo and all the cl- things that make a, a film good. But then there's also the kind of pop culture, real world element of it that makes it exciting. It's like your favorite new celebrities and the way you yeah. can be depicted on social media. And maybe that stuff can feel cheap. And it usually does feel cheap when things feel kind of designed for Instagram or TikTok that's but what
1: kept me away from euphoria for exactly time. Um, exactly but
0: i actually don't get the sense of that here i feel like he's playing with his cast and he's playing with the kind of excitement around the cultural cachet of the people involved in a way that feels actually yeah. cool like it's adding to the substance of the show and the point in case for that for me is the fact that the song is insane he the song is so good no, the song the song is
1: verging on special film status yeah, um, i know spe- and special e- song. like
0: everyone i know is right like Everybody even people who it. are not normally into this kind of shit they're like dude the song is so good it's really good
1: what yeah yeah, and what two better people than to? Well, the, actually, the one of the big things I lo- like about it is that like while it is another show about like the upper crust of America, essentially, it doesn't feel like a you know obviously it's funny, but it doesn't really feel like a critique. It's just like you're in it, like you're inside of the world, and like there are some characters that are uncouth yes, and like totally. unlikable, but the world itself is actually not being criticized. I
0: I totally agree. the The kind of satire element that everyone feels like has to be in that's kind of the post parasite syndrome everything has to be have a, a, have a satirical a critical layer um and it's really not like even, especially exactly. we should it give big shouts like to
1: um rachel senate because yeah, I actually course. was was i've been finding rachel's character leia so far to be like the thing that kind of grounds uh Jocelyn's character in, like, a sympathetic, emotional world. It's sort of like, oh, that's her best friend. It's like... Yeah, the world of it feels small, which is nice. It's very intimate. It's very, like, familial. And I kind of wanted to point out that, like, what two better people to... Because, like, there's been all this Nepo Baby talk, and it's like, what Mm. two better people to kind of bring this fictional world to uh, an entertainment for the masses than Sam Levinson, son of Barry Levinson, and Lily Rose Depp daughter of Johnny Depp. I'm was like, i so bored
0: of the Nepo baby conversation. Who cares? No, but I was
1: like, this is a good example of like what they should be, you yeah, know, yeah, making, yeah. making art about, like, this is a world that they are probably somewhat aware of. Like Sam in afterwards talks about like, I don't know, I don't know anything about, you know, the pop music world, but like he knows enough about the entertainment world
0: that like, you know, I think he's doing it properly. Right. Also, I want to side like characters being satirical, that's one thing, that's a comic, you know, device. That's all, I'm not saying, you know, that that should never be done. That can be done really well. But I often feel like in these new kind of movies or shows that the, the they're being held back in their writing by a kind of fear of looking like they're glorifying something when we should be critiquing it and showing how it's like, you know, not good and other people have it where it's, you know, and, and it feels like that layer of things can get really heavy-handed and it holds back the actual writing. And then there's nothing, you know, that makes writing ineffective. It's not an effective parody if you feel yeah. like the writer is, is kind of nervous that they're not going to critique it enough. That's not effective parody. That's not um, calling anything to light. It's not making you think. Uh, this kind of functions more as a noir with kind of, yeah, sympathetic, some sympathetic yeah. characters, and and just mysterious characters, and that's and what I like about
1: the second half of the first episode is that even though it's kind of like safty, like you know, fuck boy, like cool film aesthetic vibe, I was like, this is fire though. There's no like irony here. There's it just like is like elevated drama. It just like is cool. Like, I was just like this. I'm just like with. I'm interested yeah. in yeah, the yeah, yeah, sexual it's very, drama. It, yeah, exactly.
0: It. it kind of reminds me almost like like a '90s neo noir. You know? Yeah, it's cool. Um, which I mean maybe I okay, uh, maybe I'd I should, say it's my ship, but it's everybody's
1: Maybe we should check it out.
0: I was just thinking, I was like, you know, I actually should probably watch it now because this. I mean, I I actually am like really surprised with how much I like this. Um, There's an extremity. So I actually want to talk
1: about Sam Levinson for a second because it is. He is sort of he, We never talk about him. First of all, like because well, we I don't, don't really
0: know anything about him because I'd never seen Euphoria. This is like kind of my first introduction to him, really.
1: And I know there's some controversy about like I think the idol was originally being directed by Amy Simons, yeah. who was girlfriend of or maybe mm-hmm. fiance of Shane Carruth. Big shouts. Um, yep. <laughs> and uh, but I think she got fired, and then Sam stepped in. I'm not really sure of the details, and I honestly don't really care. But um, yeah, and
0: then the weekend said something about. they needed a male perspective too much female perspective or something i realized that's kind of what first got the show in hot water which i kind of missed when i was confused by the anger over the sex which i'm still confused about but i realized i don't know i guess the weekend said some weird shit about that and that's kind of well i kind of feel
1: bad for sammy boy because he's kind of like falling into like the you know like you know white guy target that you know a lot of our of our close friends have found themselves in the uh, the crosshairs of recently, um, of just like a guy who's making art and like suddenly is problematic for some reason. I mean, like, yeah, to be yeah, fair, yeah, yeah. like he no, goes sure. pretty hard, but like it's it's pretty. Oh, cool. he, I
0: mean, he's going really hard. that that's this quote that I sent you? Remember which one <sighs> about There's, Sam? It's just uh, I don't really even understand what this is saying. I'm gonna read it. According to more sources quoted in the article, Sam Levinson had initially shot a scene that showed Jocelyn asking Tedros to beat her, which gave Tedros an erection. Another disturbing alleged scene that didn't end up being shot would have shown Jocelyn being told to carry an egg in her vagina. If the egg broke, Tedros would refuse to quote unquote rape her, which would lead to her begging to be raped because she thought it was the reason for her success. I don't really understand what this means at all. But this was like some call-out article saying why the show was problematic, but that's just yeah. Clearly, it goes harder than it already has in the first two episodes.
1: I, I mean, yeah, it's just I mean, it's a classic thing, but it's just so ridiculous. It's like depicting things in art does is not. Problematic. But this is also it's, it's, like, a,
0: it's a Buzzfeed article that said this, so it's kind of you know. It's, is Twin
1: Pe- Twin Peaks is problematic because of like pedophile rape? I don't think so. Most beloved TV show of all
0: time. I know that's well. Twin Peaks really. Occupies its own weird space where somehow, um, somehow, a, a, a show about like a father raping and murdering his underage daughter. Uh, while possessed by a demon, is this kind of beloved fun thing that you can watch with the whole family? That's kind of that's never. There's, it's, it's so like, weird. Never it's just because, like the like main, it. the main like conceit
1: of most dramas is like somebody dying or like a murderer. Right? Yeah. It's like the most classic yeah, yeah, thing yeah. in fiction. But somehow, like when we get into like, there's just still a taboo around like sexuality. It's still like when things are extreme, they're like seen as like
0: fucked up or. Like well, no, this is, okay, okay, so you know I'm saying, what I was just saying about why I feel the kind of satirical, quote-unquote, uh, layer of, of things now gets heavy-handed is because mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like I can feel the writers being afraid that they're not condemning something enough, or they're depicting things in, in like, bad enough light, and we've seen this a million times, it's like a criticism, a lot of stuff that we're surrounded by gets, um and it's uh, Brad Tremel, you know, he's gone off about this. He just had that post about the that comic he did of the the painting and like the Sawyer Jack being yeah, angry yeah, that yeah. the painting isn't explicitly stating his morality. It it's it's one of these things where, you know, things being like having faith in the audience and letting them understand complex characters and come to conclusions and come to moral conclusions and and understanding situations and how people get to where they are and people's complex humanity and morality, that kind of thing is considered bad. You shouldn't have faith in the audience. You need to kind of explicitly explicitly state things. And if you don't, you're somehow uh, condoning it, essentially, or you're doing something that's dangerous because it's Potentially glorifying it That's kind of the big criticism For all the stuff I mean that's essentially what all the critics of the idol are saying Like this fucked up stuff's happening in it And he's depicting stuff that's fucked up That's actually, I don't know It's problematic to the actors involved It it could be problematic for, for kids to see this which is exactly the kind of satanic panic that like conservative parents had around video games in the '90s. And but it's also funny because it's so flip to the other side.
1: It's like the the fucking the end of the first episode was giving like Fifty Shades of Grey or something. Do you well, what no, I mean? but it's this like- is
0: but but I'm, I I I know exactly. But I'm having a oh, that's what I meant earlier. I said Twilight. I meant Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, it's the It's like the most popular shit. Randomly is like just I, like sexual intrigue. Of course, because that's like what humans run on but my, f- my point is my point is that people now i think maybe the problem is we've become too like in social media age we're, we're too we see ourselves as one with everything like everything is on the same plane like you celebrities fictional characters us our avatars we're all kind of on an equal playing field you know before social media you you saw fictional characters as fictional characters you read books you watched movies and you understood that these were representations and there was there were conclusions that you were supposed to draw by reading these representations by reading and understanding these characters then you get to video game era now you're kind of participating in violence you're you're like you're not an an, uh, a passive observer you're now Interacting, and that's when there started to be a moral panic about: Is this causing kids to be violent? Is this kind of corrupting? Is this an irresponsible right. thing? And now, even though it's not interactive, we're we're still watching films, or reading things, or, or you know, just consuming any kind of media that has themes of violence, or or sexual violence, or just even sexuality in general. And we're back to the passive kind of spectator that we were that we, we, we always were, but somehow where it's seen as interactive and that's just kind of the interactive nature of our, I don't know interconnectivity now. And I think that's kind of how this mindset has started. but it, it really is a very strange one where just depicting anything is irresponsible unless you shout from the rooftops that it's bad. like I you think, have to like I have think the most bad are characters. With it. No, or I think so of. too, but it's still there still seems to be a huge push. Um, in a very mainstream way, to uh, to that this is that this is bad and and well, it's kind of interesting
1: because I, I feel like I actually had a similar reaction to because I tried to f- start watching Euphoria and I actually found it I didn't find it problematic but I found it abrasive. I was just like Ugh. yeah, same. It was I like watched the first onslaught of like. Just ne- just negative. Just like oh, te- teens are fucked up and bad, and like it. Look how horrible... it. Just like it was just. It felt horrible. Like it was just. I was like, look at it was like, and it was also aestheticized in this in this way that I was not used to yet. With mm-hmm. just like Instagram filter core. I don't know, just like gels, and I just hated the
0: way it looked. I thought it was disgusting looking. Um, well, it kind of for me it kind of came at the peak of the poverty porn stuff, and I yeah. was I, yeah. I was really just over that.
1: At I that was time. not in the, we were not in the right place to be watching yeah. that when it came out. Um,
0: um, and I don't even just mean that in a contrarian way. Like, I actually, not to be, like, problematic guy, but I actually was like, maybe let's stop, like, just depicting poor people as, like, so fucked. You know what I mean? That being I, said, I just, the casting is pretty awesome. In no, Euphoria of course. It, 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 I didn't I have a problem with it. It wasn't like, that's what I mean. It wasn't in a cancelly way of, like, this... Why are we all watching this? I just was like, you know what? I'm over this shit. I want to watch something that isn't gritty and real, you know?
1: However, big shouts to Eleanor Hendricks, who uh, was the casting director or was responsible for much of the important casting of Euphoria. Um, Biggest shouts. She did discover Angus Cloud, despite uh, the Washington Post and the New York Times uh, snubbing her. Um, So big shouts to her because she's the best.
0: Yeah, she is the best, and um, but the casting
1: I am, in the in idol is pretty awesome too. Like, is really I, good. I, I wanted to point out like how good I think Hari Neff is as the Vanity oh, she's a writer. It. Like, yeah, she's that's it. Such good. I just her tone and like the writing there. I think is, is yeah. Really she yeah, she has
0: a kind of snark where you feel like she's like half the time you think she's being sympathetic and she's trying to get an honest portrait, but then you can also maybe. I keep maybe catching glimpses of a kind of like sadistic, almost uh pleasure and like the story getting better. That has nothing to do with Jocelyn's comfort. You, it's yeah, too it's early like to a tell
1: perfect synthesis of like, but she know, plays it very well. Nathaniel uh, Pemberton and Crumps.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so
0: true. Good work. Uh, there, uh, no, Sam. but She she plays the, she plays that kind of ambiguity very well. It's very good.
1: Yeah. But uh, going back to Sam Levinson, um, He's an interesting guy because, you know, he's he's the son of Barry Levinson who did, like, Diner and Bugsy mm. and shit. Um, so Diner is my mom's favorite movie. It's an incredible movie. Big shout it's out great. to Diner. That's a special film. Um, so true. But, yeah, you know, he's a show kid, uh, much like m- many of our problematic faves. Um, but I actually saw his first movie that he made when he was really young. He was, like, maybe, like, 26 at Sundance, and it was called Another Happy Day. And I was, like, whatever, 19 or 20 at the time. And I was, like, fucking floored by this movie. It was, like, intimate family drama with, like, a crazy cast. that had, like, Demi Moore and, like, um, the chick from Blue Crush. What's her name? Like, Kate Bosworth, Ezra Miller. Um, but I was so jealous of him at the time. I was, like, oh, man, he made He, like, wrote his first movie. It's like, he got all these stars and it. It's, like, really good. And then I saw him after the screening, and he was... I have to just give big shouts to him for being so good. He was dating Ellen Barkin, who was also in the movie, and I think was like fifty-six or something at the time. And I was like, "Damn, this guy is like dating the old hot lady in the movie." And I told I was like Cassavetti's pilled at the time, and I was like, "I was like, bro, this 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 is giving a woman under the influence like like you guys are John and Gina." Like I was just like gushing as like a teenager but he was so nice and he was so like kind of like humble and low key and then i think after that movie he made assassination nation which i heard was terrible i never saw i never saw it either and then i think he went on to euphoria and the idol but he is sort of a fascinating like this the the, the direction of the idol makes me more interested to kind of like watch you know my blind spots with assassination nation and um yeah yeah Uh, i know i'm totally
0: interested in him as a director and and everything after this Uh, yeah i think the whole kind of her doing the music video scene is very very the direction on that is really cool the editing is really cool it's fire i don't know it's fire i I like fuck the haters yeah the only
1: literally the only thing i can i mean everybody should watch the like thing that they play after the episode because like his new york accent is hilarious and i just i love the way they cut those things um the only thing that was like funny to me was just like him, him getting the music credit alongside Mike Dean and The, the Weeknd. Um yeah, Mike Dean producer uh like of Yeezus and like mad other shit. He's he, I was I was wondering through the first episode cuz I didn't know who like was doing the score. I was like this is pretty sick. I was like this is like not one of tricks. This is not like a random producer. This is definitely somebody who like basically knows what they're doing. Like the synth the like the synth stabs and stuff are like kind of giving 70s 80s noir but like in a modern way that like didn't feel tacky i don't know like yeah was that, like, that really kind of
0: that really kind of overtly noir score moment with the saxophone and synth uh, oh that was
1: no that was the yeah because you know
0: what, oh you know sick. you know what it reminded me of um body double yeah, exactly.
1: But like, and, a lot of people try and do a body t- double style score with like modern shit, and like it just comes off as they like, "Oh, you're doing that," and like somehow it, the score kind of no, it, it felt
0: because I mean the kind of the strange um, violence and sexuality and and voyeurism feel of it is actually very similar to body double. It's it's cool. It's I'm saying it reminds me of these old like 80s, 90s neo noirs that and I, and it, and it's kind of like leaning into that more than the modern kind of satirical uh uh thing that just happens everywhere now. It's fire. But do you do you agree like you've have you been noticing kind of people's inability to understand just character and how characters are separate from real
1: people? Well, I actually wrote down that Uh, Rachel at one point or her character says I hate his vibe about The weekend's character and I was like that that's actually what's going on when people are saying like they don't like him it's like people just hate his vibe which is obviously intentional well
0: I've been I I started thinking about this from the whole well the Maddie Healy drama right mm mm-hmm and people not being able, like, not not saying that when Maddie is, is is like playing a character, but anyone who is in the public eye is playing a character to some degree, even when they're a very kind of uh, forthright and open book person. There's, there's, yeah. you still are, you still have a public image and you have a public persona, mm-hmm. and and I don't even mean celebrities. Anyone who has any kind of following online, you. There, even if you don't, if it's not a curated thought about thing, like you yeah. are performing to some degree and people can't understand that now. It, it seems to be like people think that you are just fully transparent and when you're online or when you're speaking or when you, like people think it's just people think they know who everyone. It, it just shows this kind of disconnect that people have between. In, an internal life and an external life. And I think it's because a lot of people don't have much of an internal life compared to their life online. They kind of are just think that everyone's uh, persona in the public eye is just an extension of themselves fully. Uh, I, I kind of notice it too, even on social media um, you see an artist uh, doing the humbled and proud thing. You know, they, they yeah. write something like really personal um, and that, that's kind of like people just react so strongly to it because they like that's what they want out of following a celebrity, quote unquote, or a figure or anything. It's as they, it needs to feel like diary. It needs to feel like it's it, there's there's no disconnect between the person and the, and and uh, and what they're seeing. Whereas I feel like for me and for a lot of people, I think the kind of Fascination of this kind of celebrity or or artists or whatever is the performance. Like I'm not really looking for someone to just be themselves. Oh, fascination nation.
1: What that? I'm sa- instead of assassination nation, fascination so nation. So you know true.
0: I don't know, if, but no, but I don't know if I'm rambling here. I'm trying to kind of articulate what I'm trying to say. But no, I get I, what you're saying. It has something to do with TikTok and kind of people who just and streamers. You know what I mean? It's just this. We live in this time where things are more and more transparent and broadcasted. Honestly, this is—it's uh, all goes back to Josh Harris. It all goes back to Josh Harris. Once Josh Harris's ideas started coming true, people started having a hard time um, differentiating characters and performance from just real life and and real people. And you know that that can be as small as someone's some kind of public figure's internet presence. But it—it it, I literally think it gets. It's gotten to the point of not being able to handle to separate a uh a a fictional character that an actor is portraying from the actor themselves even on a subconscious level what's really good everyone we're back as we always are this is our episode about the idol as of the recording of this episode the first two episodes of the idol are out so we talk about that but we talk about so much more um documentary truth and documentary frederick wiseman sam Levins in general patrick samberg the how long gone boys mike dean and then we have a whole other whatever y- y- you'll hear it and there's only one way you're going to hear it and it's by going to patreon.com slash the ion pack and you can hear everything else i just mentioned and more and you can hear a treasure trove one of the hottest pods around patreon.com slash the ion pack you already know
1: patreon